Yes, I thank you so much for your love. I thank you for providing a way for us to be free. Lord Jesus, I thank you that your word is truth. It is not a lie. It is truth because you are truth and you spoke it. So Jesus, I ask that you would send this word like a spear into their hearts tonight. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would open up every eye Open up every ear, God, that they may see you clearly. God, that they may hear your voice clearly. And Jesus, help us understand what it means to be free tonight. We love you. We honor you. Holy Spirit, I give you the room. You have full control tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. All right. Everybody turn to Romans 6. If you don't know where Romans 6 is, go like... There's the Old Testament, there's the New Testament. It's like in the back. Or there's a table of contents in the front. Did you get one? Alright. So while you guys are turning there, how many of you how many of you guys have felt like you're trapped in sin? Have you guys ever felt like that? So, a little backstory on me. Growing up, I grew up in the Baptist church. Okay, nothing against Baptists. I love them. They're awesome. Um, but growing up, I always heard that you will sin till the day you die. Have anybody heard that? Right? You're going to be stuck. You can't really get free from it until you die. I have one rebuttal, and I'll prove it. If you wait till death to be free from sin, then death is your savior. But if you give your life to Jesus and make him your savior, he takes away sin. actually told me that I would struggle with lust for the rest of my life. Like, point blank to my face. He was like, you can try, but you're going to struggle with it. I'm like, oh, great. This is awesome. Thanks, dude. <laughs> like, way to, way to boost my morale and be like, hey, again, you can turn me down a little bit. Um, you know, like, that's the best advice you have for me as a growing teenage boy in a world full of lustful things. Yeah, you're just going to struggle with it. It's inevitable. Okay, great. Yeah. And I'll be honest, up until probably about four years ago, I would have still thought the same thing. But then I read a little chapter called Romans 6. And... And to be honest, like I've I've read this chapter many, many times in my teenage years. And I would literally look at the page, read it, and I'm like, I don't understand. You say free, 
I'm bound. I'm yours, Jesus. How on earth is this not happening in my life? I would get so frustrated. Because I would read the words on the page and I'd be like, this is not happening. So either you're a liar or something's wrong with me. (laughs) That's just how I felt. Okay? And yes, you can be honest with God like that. He's not going to like swing his hand down from heaven and be like, oh, you dummy. No, he walks with us, okay? <laughs> All right. So actually, I'm going to back up to Romans, let's see, 17. I just want to read this one scripture, and then we'll jump into Romans 6, okay? It says, for the sin of this one man, Adam, does everybody know who Adam is? God created everything, and then Adam, he created him, he breathed his birth of life into him. Okay. So Adam, when he sinned, caused death to rule over many. Everybody say but. There's a big but right there. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it, or them, his wonderful grace and the gift of righteousness, will live in triumph over sin. Did everybody catch that? And death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Now I want to clarify something. Grace, I know I've said it before, grace is the supernatural enablement by the power of the Holy Spirit to live like Jesus. So all those times where we're like, oh, that was Jesus. No, he has given us Holy Spirit, so now he lets us be able to do that. What, Daniel? Yes, verse 17, sorry. Romans 5, 17. Sorry. Sorry, that was my bad. Um, so grace is his... In- enablement. It's his power, okay? So he's given us the abundance of grace, abundance. So that means there's no end to his grace, okay? And the free gift of righteousness. I've said this before too. He who knew no sin became sin so that I might become the righteousness of God. He became my sin so that I might be righteous. And what does that mean? Being right with God. There's nothing stopping me from going hand-in-hand with God now. Because I'm right with him, okay? So on the cusp of Romans 5, he he talks about all that. It says, let me get this out of the way. I can even preach it from up here. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase, or abound, or get bigger, or more? By no means. Paul is saying, no way. So just because there's grace, it doesn't mean that we can just sin. Okay? We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? In the message it says, we have packed our bags and moved out of the country. How many of you guys would like that? (laughs) That you would never have to deal with I shouldn't say have to deal, because you will get tempted. But we've moved out of the country with sin. And there's no more dominion in your life. And I'll prove it. 
can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know, because maybe some of us don't know, that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Now, this is speaking of one of two things. It speaks of actual baptism, which do you guys know what baptism is? It's not just professing your faith. There's a little literal transaction that happens. It's like you die with Christ going into the water, and then you come out a whole new person. In the Bible times, they would do it literally after they accepted Jesus. They wouldn't wait until a Sunday night at a church and have the pastor do it. Zach, you could baptize people. Montana, you could baptize people. I'm just saying. Okay? He didn't relegate it to pastors and churches. Okay? I've heard of stories where people get baptized in tubs, come out, and they're baptized in the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues straight out of there. So that's a whole other sermon for a whole other day. Um, but, Zach, you can go to the next slide. The second one, we'll find out what it is. It says, For we died, and we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also, he connects us to him, we also may live new lives. How many of you guys feel like you're living a new life in Jesus? Some of us may not be. But this is where being born again comes into play. Have you guys heard that term? I know there's a lot in this. Being born again. Being born into the family of God. That means there's, there's never been a born again Ryan walking on the earth until I gave my life to Jesus. I know, it sounds funny, doesn't it? But that's what Nicodemus was like. How can I go back into my mom? I can't. Because it didn't make sense to him. All right. But anyway, we may live new lives. Since we have been... What's this word right here? With him in a death like his, we will certainly also be with him in a resurrection like his. Jesus, this is what's so amazing about Jesus, is he not only took on our sin, but he died as me. He died as you. And he took that sinful nature that's inside of you it was crucified with him and he buried it in the ground. Is this making any sense to anybody? Is this like, weird? We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. longer slaves to sin. Let's say that together. We are no longer slaves to sin. How many of you guys have felt 
like you are a slave to the thing that you hate doing. Truth bomb. You are no longer slaves to sin. Jesus cut it off. See, what happens is we live from our old nature because that's what we're used to. If we're not feeding on this word, it says in Romans 12, to renew your mind. Transform your mind. <laughs> Transform your mind, but no. Oh gosh, I'm botching it bad. Let me just read it because I'm really going to botch it. I'm like in attack mode right now. All right. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. How does he change the way you think? By getting into this. We can spend all day on Netflix. We can spend all day with our friends. And I guarantee you that is transforming your mind into something. Because whatever you look at, you become. It's a known fact. Not only in scripture, just in general life. What you look at, you will become. So, alright, let me get through this. For when we died with Christ, we were set free. Everybody say set free. That's number one. There will be four times where it says you're set free. From sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again, right? Jesus rose from the dead and he's never going to die again, right? He defeated the grave. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. And now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So now, we're included in this. It says, so you also consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Now, consider is an accounting term. It means to, to contemplate, to count the cost. Jesus wants you to be free, but he won't do it without you. He won't do it without you, okay? He's a gentleman. It says in Revelation 3 that he stands at the door and he knocks. If anybody opens, I'll come in and eat with him. He's a gentleman. He doesn't, he doesn't barge in. But I tell you what, when you let him in, <laughs> he wreaks war on Satan inside you. He really does. Is this making any sense? Okay. Do not let sin control the way you live. Okay? Do not give in to sinful desires. Well, Ryan, how, how do I do that? I feel these things on the inside of me. I feel like I have to lie. I feel like I have, I have to lust. I feel like these just desires are just so strong. Paul says, don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. Surrender. 
fully surrendered to Jesus? Or are there things in your life that you're like, no, I want to hold on to that, because I guarantee you those things are going to take over one day. For me, it was porn. I'll just say it. I was addicted. And it ate me alive. I really did. I was a good church kid. Knew my Bible. Read it. Spent time with Jesus. And probably a couple times a week, I'd catch myself getting caught in websites. Or Facebook. Or Instagram. Just real talk. I had no way to get free until <laughs> I considered myself dead to those things because of what Jesus says in here. Now I'm free. And I don't say that with a dirty conscience. I can tell you that I am free. Feel the fire of God right now. And you can be too. I don't care what the circumstance is. God says that you can be free from sin because of what He did. If you identify with the Son of God on the cross, and then you leave your man buried in the ground, what happens when you bury a person in the ground? Ground covers them, right? Is he coming back to life? No. He's staying down. He rots. He goes away. Right? Now, am I saying that, you know, your flesh will not rise up and be like, hey, do you remember how good this felt? Do you remember? Or do you want to get out of this situation? Just go lie. It's okay. No, because Jesus was tempted, wasn't he? Yeah. Did he sin? So how do we do this? How, how, do, we, how do we live out this, this whole thing? Because for me, it was like I had no power to do it. I, I felt like I, I was compelled to do it this way, and I would fight, and I would, I, I would gosh, I would, I would give my total mental thing to it, like to stop, and I couldn't. Everybody pop over to Galatians 5. And this is why I'm so passionate about Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.16. Hold on. I don't like that version. Sometimes versions don't say it the way that you want to. Yeah, it's in the New Testament. It's after Romans. Or you could just listen to me and read it. It's fine. This scripture changed my life. Ephesians, Colossians, no. You got it. Philippians. There you go. 
Galatians 5, all right? Galatians 5, 16. It's not going to have it up there, all right? It says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not, everybody say, will not, gratify the desires of your flesh. That's a provocative verse. Most of us are like, oh, if we don't walk according to the flesh, then we will walk by the Spirit. Right? Most of us want to be holy before we think, oh, God, I, I, I'm walking with God now. No! <laughs> Everybody point to your chest. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. There's a person who lives in you. If you've given your life to Jesus, there's a person named Holy Spirit. There's a reason why he's called Holy Spirit, because he makes everything that he touches holy. So when you walk by the Holy Spirit, you won't gratify the desires of your flesh because he gives you his desires. Is this making sense? It says, For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. And most of the time, we think, Oh my gosh, the flesh's desires are so much stronger, and the flesh and the Spirit are fighting, and blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry. But it's a lie that your, your flesh is stronger than Holy Spirit. one who breathed this world into existence lives on the inside of you, and he is stronger than that desire that you have. And it says, the desires of the flesh were against the desires of the Spirit. What does that mean, Pastor Ryan? The Spirit has desires that he wants to put inside you. And where does he live? Inside you. things clicking? Maybe? This is how we can be free. God has given us, I don't want to use the, the word tool, a gift in the Holy Spirit to be able to live free from our sinful desires. I wish this when I was your age. It would have saved me a ton of heartache. <laughs> if somebody would have sat me down and been like, hey, listen, all you have to do is have a relationship with Holy Spirit and you're good. It's as simple as that. It's not complicated. A lot of us make it complicated. But when you realize that He lives on the inside of you, you want to please Him. there's somebody else in my room. Right? How many of you guys have shared rooms with your brothers and sisters? Right? No, I promise. Holy Spirit will not leave his stuff all over the place and <laughs> make it dirty and whatever. Okay? He cleans everything up. He makes it look like his home, which is heaven. <laughs> I hope this isn't too much. 
process, it says, for you were dead, but now you have new life. You have new life. Not you're going to have new life. You have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. No longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Holy Spirit is actually called the Spirit of Grace. He's God's power, right? Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Paul was writing to a, a church in Romans, where, uh, Rome, sorry, Rome, where they were like, oh yeah, I can sin and get away with it because God's got me. It's, it's fine. But Paul isn't saying that. He's saying, in a nutshell, I haven't found a way to sin and get away with it. I've found a way to be free. Let me say that again, just in case you didn't get it. I haven't found a way to sin and get away with it. I've found a way to get free. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteousness. It says, because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which is bad stuff, which led ever deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteousness so that you will become holy. I'll just get through this paragraph. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. How many of you guys are ashamed of the things that you've done? Guilt Shame and condemnation are not for the kids of God. That is from the devil. That voice that is telling you that you are worthless for what you've done. That voice that's telling you that you're no good because of how many times you've slipped up and how many times you've told God that you won't and then you slip again. That's a voice. It's called Satan. He's an accuser of the brethren and he loves to tell you that you're worthless. Tell him to shut up. I'm serious. But now, everybody say, but now, Say this, you are free, you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. I feel like we get hung up on that part. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And what did I say was eternal life the other day? 
knowing Him. This is eternal life, that they may know you, God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So what does this mean for us? I hope you get the gist of it. When Jesus died on that cross for you, he took every lie, every worry, every lustful thought, every time that you looked at something on your computer that you shouldn't have or your phone, every time that you disobeyed your parents, every time that you stole something from the store, every time that you slandered somebody, every time that you did a substance, every time that you may have gotten drunk, it could be anything. The perfect, spotless Son of God took your dirt upon himself. It says he became sin. He who knew no sin became sin. I'm going to put my sin. He became my sin so that I might become the righteousness of God. And that's good news, guys. Because that means that the old Ryan that was enslaved to all that junk and that anger and that pride and arrogance and whatever, it died. Man, I wish I had that cross up there. It died on that cross with Jesus. When Jesus said it is finished, that's when it died. And he buried it in that tomb, and it's done. It's, it's dead. It has no power. The only power that it has is the power you give it. says in Colossians 3 that when Christ who is your life so maybe we really need to find out what kind of life we can have in him right maybe it's not so boring as we think it is but tonight I don't know what you're facing I don't know what struggles you have I know what mine were I can read them off if you really want me to, but you know what you deal with on a day-to-day basis. Holy Spirit is breaking some of your guys' hearts. I know it. How much time we got? Okay. What I want from you guys tonight is I want you to deal with God. I just presented you with a gold mine. 
you grab hold of these truths in Romans 6, your life will never be the same. The same person that walked through these doors into this room, sitting here right now, if you grab hold of those truths at home, it's not going to happen tonight. It starts tonight. But now the war is going to be in here. It's going to be, which voice are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the lie of the enemy saying, oh yeah, this is going to feel really good. This is going to get you away from all that trouble. It's going to give you an out for right now. Or will you actually listen to the word of God and say, no, I'm dead to that thing. And Jesus is my life. So if I can walk, Holy Spirit, I need your help right now to be able to walk in you so that I won't gratify the desires of my flesh. And I will say this, you will stumble along the way, okay? I'm not saying that you have to deal with sin until you die, okay? There's things in my life that I still need to walk with Holy Spirit to overcome, okay? But I do have freedom in one area and I'm not going back. I'm done with it. Because I found something so much better. <laughs> but there are things in my life a little bit deeper. The Holy Spirit has to be like, hey, don't, don't talk to your kids like that. Don't get angry with your wife like that. <laughs> right? So, if you guys could turn on some instrumental music or whatever one of those playlists that works too um, yeah what's your call tonight is if you're dealing with sin which is all of us me included okay some of us just need to realize the truth Jesus paid it all and our sinful nature is dead. Some of us just need our, need our minds renewed. <laughs>